I have very few ideas and I work on them intensively. Yeah. So right now I'm working on Naked Gun 4. Well, 444 and a quarter, Nordberg did it. We're trying to do that. It's very difficult to get a movie made. They're making fewer movies, so I keep having to think of ways to get into the movie business. This is the Mid-East Beast Podcast, and you are listening to Molly Livingstone. You know here at the Mid-East Beast, we're all about the satirical. So, when the opportunity arrived to have an amazing interview with producer, creator, screenwriter David Zucker, well, we just had to take it. He's been here in Israel. Before that, he was in Beirut. And he is the funny man behind the satirical parody, Airplane. Uh, There's Top Secret. Naked Gun, and even those scary movies. What is he doing in the Middle East? And can he bring together the people of so many different cultures, of so many different wars, (laughs) so many different opinions through comedy? Is that his next big hit in Hollywood? Or are we just in for a big hit no matter what here in the Middle East? Well, listen to him. Let me know what you think after the interview please share. You know we're on iTunes now. You can listen to us on SoundCloud. The website, of course, themideastbeast.com, Facebook, The Mideast Beast, and on Twitter, my favorite, at Mideast Beasties. So take a listen. I am here with David Zucker. Yes. I said it right. Yes. Right. He is a producer, director, writer, person. Yes. And sometimes actor. Sometimes actor. I mean, you know, that wouldn't be my first thought of myself, but, you know, I have acted. I guess I thought it was funny because in one of your movies that are one of the most famous, iconic movies, Airplane, you played a tiny bit role in that. That's right. I'm one of the ground control persons guiding in the plane, and then it crashes through the window. <laughs> Which is the type of humor throughout the whole movie that you get to see. Right. That's kind of an introduction and you know, we're saying you'll probably see more of this kind of humor. And you also have other movies, Top Secret. I almost said Top Gun, and I'm like, that's not yours. No, yeah. Top Secret, um, Naked, Gun. Naked Gun, then all the... Scary movies. Not oh. all the scary movies, the three, four, and five I did. Really? You didn't know that. See, you learn I didn't something know new that. every day, yes. Okay, so before I get into it and the fact that I'm interviewing you here in Jerusalem after you were in Beirut, which we're going to talk about in a second, what movie, if you look back right now, were you most proud of? Oh, I think Airplane, probably. Because? Because it was the first one and the first one we directed and it was, you know, the first of its kind and so that was a real breakthrough. So I have always fond memories of it, going home to Milwaukee where I'm from. And my parents having a big screening of their, you know, 600 closest friends. You know, it was a time when everyone was alive. So it's like, everybody's dead now. That's, that's sad? <laughs> yeah, it's sad, but I, no, I mean, it's the natural, you know. Course of things. Course of things. But, you know, you think about that. I, I, often I think about my mom and dad, like, I want to tell them about, you know, what I'm doing. I can't. Not, not you know. Just telepathically or with a Ouija board, something like that. That's right. You are in Israel. You've been here for a few days now. Yes. And before that, you were in Beirut. I was in Beirut, yes. As a part of, there's an organization called 
Americans Abroad Media. And we were uh, giving courses in film and television writing and directing. I did it with another television writer named Tim Clemente, who I'd never met before. He's a great guy. And uh, we were, you know, teaching students in, in Beirut. And many of them were already professionals. You understand, to me, living in Israel, this all sounds like a cover-up. It's totally my conspiracy theory. <laughs> a spy? I don't know. Yes, I see a spy. This nice Jewish producer guy is wink, wink, going over to Beirut to yeah. wink, help the army with their branding. The, I, we're helping the good guys, you know, right. this is, you're right, the non-Hezbollah. Right. So this is, as your story, yeah. and again, a wink, unravels, uh-huh. you went over there, you're with another Hollywood type, and you're helping out with films, but you're helping mostly to brand their army, which... Well, not mostly. You know, we, we talked with some Paris. some Lebanese <laughs> army soldiers about, about, you know, how to get their message across. Which is important. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this. I know, it's kind of... <laughs> It's like breaking news. No one listens to this podcast. Jess, you and me, you'll probably hear it and say, why did you do it? Yeah, I don't know. This could (laughs) cause a huge scandal. Maybe you should cut this This part. No, I like this part. This is the interesting part. You said that comedy was actually going to be a role that maybe they would use in part of this branding or whatever process. And that there was a commercial that you discussed. Can you give us like an outline story board? the, The Lebanese army, they do a lot of things besides just fighting and defending the country. They clear roads of snow and they put out forest fires. They also help with, uh, well, you know, just other civilian things. So the thing is about Beirut is the traffic is so bad. It makes the streets here look clear. Because the streets here are also awful. Let's just be very clear. But it's really bad. So I suggested a commercial that, like, the Lebanese army is doing all this good for the people of Lebanon. They clear the snow, they put out the fires, and they completely clear up the traffic. Yeah. And that was going to be the joke. And they liked it. They liked it. Yeah, they liked it. I don't know if they'll ever do it. Because, you know, we have this podcast, Mideast Beast, and it's all satirical news. And I think in Israel, you can get away with that. Right. I want to ask you, from your perspective, going into Beirut and living in L.A. and being a Hollywood producer, yes. do you see the Middle East as, one, a funny place? And two, do you think that humor is important to what's going on here? Yes, I do. It is a funny place, and everybody has a sense of humor about themselves. And the, the Lebanese did too. One, one guy wanted to do, his idea of a television show was called the ISIS Writing Room. <laughs> where the I- ISIS is trying to figure out ways to brand themselves yeah. and, and make themselves more palatable. And so I didn't get it at first. I thought, wait a minute, who, who are the sympathetic characters here? But I kind of explained to him a little bit that it was, you know, the closest thing to that would be Hogan's Heroes, which was a show in way in back. the 60s, way mm-hmm. back. So if they could get sympathetic characters, and that's what they intend to do. And so, of course, some of the ISIS guys would be like the Nazis, in the real <laughs> hardcore Nazis in Hogan's Heroes. But actually, it could be a good show. So is that something that you then told them you'll work on it with them or no? I, I told them I, I would help. I think Tim yeah. and I were anxious to help out with something like that because they're really against ISIS and that's a good thing. So Yeah, that's yeah. always a good thing. Yeah, always it's good always thing. up around the borders here and it's getting yeah. scarier. Right. You have those problems also in America a little bit. Oh, with ISIS? Yeah. 
Yeah, sure. There's terrorism. They yeah. have they have terrorist attacks. No, I was just seeing how much you know as a spy. I was trying oh, to see if right. you'd You're like tell to me the truth. So I don't Not know if you. Much as it turns out, yeah. so far yeah. we'll see where this interview takes us and how honest you'll be. I don't know if you know this that Israel is actually the third largest exporter of entertainment. So whether it's TV formats or movies or actors or whatever it In is. In the world. Yes. I did not know that. You're so shocked. I'm shocked. I thought it was, uh, well, of course, the U.S. Who's in oh, second Of course. Place? I think it's Denmark. Denmark? Yes. So, okay. So now that you know that information. Well, could how many people does Denmark have? They have about seven. The There's seven people. Yeah. No, I don't so, know. Yeah, it's the same population <laughs> as here, yeah. Yeah, I think it's creativity. It's that whole attitude. We were talking yesterday as we walked down the streets of Jerusalem. I was okay. explaining when people came to Israel, there were swamps. Yes. And rather than giving up, they bought eucalyptus trees, which then sucked all use the mu- a lot of water or weeping willows. I think use a lot of water. So yeah. they sucked it up. Yeah. The trees themselves can fall at any time. Well, we right. don't have to worry about that. The point is, is that they were able to then use the land properly and grow things right. in a desert. Oh yeah, and I, of course I love trees. Yes, you are a tree. I'm a tree person. A tree person. This is a legit thing. It's a legit thing. There's an organization in Los Angeles called Tree People. <laughs> And, you know, <laughs> Not to be confused with the trees huggers, tree huggers. Can't live without people, and people can't live without trees. Amen. So you can see how I've drank the Kool Aid. Do you know that there's a whole Jewish holiday about this? Yeah, Tisha B'Av. No, no, Tisha B'Av <laughs> yeah, no, is no, the no, it's, it's a sad. Yeah. Yes, but it's close. No, no, well, the whole Torah. No, close, closer. Keep <laughs> That's going. From top secret. We're I gonna s- that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I should know that. Yeah. There, how Jewish tree. are you? We're about to find uh, out. The spy that went to Beirut. For a spy, I'm pretty Jewish. Tu Bishvat. Tu Bishvat, of course. I There's a song, yes. Tu Bishvat Higiyah. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. That's what my kids teach Shalom me. Yaladim. You know, uh, I can know he's going to use all his Hebrew in one go. Yeah. So we believe we are also tree people here in Israel, despite uh, that we don't have trees. Yes, and I planted trees in Israel. And just so you know, there was a great movie, a classic old movie called Salah Shabbati. It was all about immigrants moving to Israel yeah. way back in the day. Oh. And they had the immigrants, you know, that came over from Yemen and all those places who yeah. didn't even know what running water looked like. And they were so shocked. Right. But on the other side of it, I think very Israeli or Jewish, they would bring rich, let's say, producers from America or just rich people from America, Jews. And they would say, this forest is dedicated to the Goldbergs. And they would take a picture with the tree and the yeah. sign right. and the Goldbergs would leave. And the next people would yes. come in and this, this is dedicated yeah, to the Levies, right? Yeah. It's so there. <laughs> it's so you see funny. why Israelis... So they made a movie about this? Absolutely. Uh, it's all about that. It's oh, a very classic, I, famous I'll, film. I'll have to see that. I love musicals. Yes. And yeah. the guy that plays Salah Shabbati, who's actually a more Sephardi, darker Jew, if you will, then went on to be in Fiddler on the Roof. Oh. As the opposite of that, obviously. Yeah, in the yeah. shtetl. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So... I'm giving you a little background, and I think we also discussed how there's a lot of entertainment, so you didn't know about it, Fauda. This is an Israeli show that has been picked up by Netflix, which is about other spies like yourself going into... And and working against Israel. No, for Israel. (laughs) They're they're working for Israel. Right, you got to get your story straight. There's a new show called Greenhouse, which was picked up again by Netflix with the condition that they film everything in Israel. That's right, you told me about that. That's a great... So it takes place in California, but it's in Israel. So you should watch it and notice if you see they had to get special outlets that are American outlets. The bunk beds weren't the right size. And the license plates of the cars need to be California. Absolutely. So you notice that right away. So do you think as a producer, a director, a writer, and a person, 
and tree people person as well. Do you see yourself maybe coming up with any ideas about Israel? I feel like there's so much content here. Yeah, I was talking with Alon. The story of the creation of Israel is full of funny incidents. Totally funny. So I thought that would make an interesting story. Let's go modern day. I mean, you see the crap that's going on here. You see it in the news. And we both were discussing how Florida's Hurricane Irma in the news look like the ultimate disaster Armageddon. Right. And then you call up your friends and they say, there's nothing. It's like, yeah, one light went out or the power went out. That's it. So I think similarly things happen like that about the Middle East. You know, my friends will call me and say, are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah. What happened? Sounds like all hell is breaking loose. and, (laughs) And you need those sexy headlines. And then we have satirical news to sort of bounce off of how ridiculous things are. Can you see, because your movie, Airplane, so so iconic in humor, couldn't you apply that and do some kind of Middle East war movie, web series, something? You've been walking the streets here. You were in Beirut. I think it would be better to do a TV series about it so that people learn the geography of the whole thing, of the series and the stakes, and they get into the characters than a movie, Americans don't like to watch foreign movies. I actually love to watch foreign movies. I only watch foreign films. Right, but the and rest of the, the, Yeah, but because Hollywood just puts out such junk, I can't stand it. Right, yeah. which is why you're now a spy going to Beirut. That's right. Well, you have to do what you have to do. The money's, <laughs> they're paying me in, in Beirut, yeah. If you were to create something, yeah, you've been walking around for a few days. Do things stick out to you no. about Israel? No, I have very few ideas and I work on them intensively. Yeah. So right now I'm working on Naked Gun 4. Well, 444 and a quarter, (laughs) Nordberg did it. We're trying to do that. It's very difficult to get a movie made. They're making fewer movies, so I keep having to think of ways to get into the movie business. Could you move the movie to Israel? Could you put a Middle Eastern bent? I could. see... Everything depends on financing. I'm not going to write a script about Israel and say, well, now I've got to try to find the financing. No one's going to do it. But if somebody is behind it and wants to pay, you know, the $10 million it would take to do a movie or the 15, then I'll write a movie. I can do it. Do you think there's potential for Hollywood to move to Israel? Because we have seen more shows coming here. Conan O'Brien was just here. And we see vice versa, shows being sold to America. And it's very expensive to film in America. They often go to Canada or places like that. Well, usually they go to places that provide rebates. Like, you know, Canada. I've done three pictures in Canada, one picture in Georgia, in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, the rest in Hollywood. So, And we did one in uh, London at Pinewood Studios. So I've shot all over the world and usually it's because whichever principality we film in provides rebates yeah but you understand that jews here in israel know everything about a good deal and we also have those crazy rebates they should do it well if they can make it work economically we could certainly do it i think me personally i would love to see you do some kind of a film here about israel about the middle east because it is so absurd yeah it's pretty absurd yeah yeah. and people don't see that they're watching the headlines on the news and they're terrified but israelis have extremely dark humor you were just in beirut they're playing along they're making jokes about themselves i think there's so much potential And I think that the humor will help actually give people an eye-opening view of what real life is like and to even fight terrorism. I mean, you have to boil it down to some kind of human story, even though it's 
set in an exotic location, if it contains basic human characters and human emotions and conflicts, you know, you can make it work anywhere, I think. Okay, so you work on your film, yeah. but in the back of your mind, just think about Israel and right. maybe Naked Gun. And the key thing is just getting backing for something. And usually my ideas are a little bit weird. So Weird is good. We, well, like, you know, from the very start when we were trying to pitch Airplane, what, you want to do a, a comedy starring Robert Stack and Leslie Nielsen? Forget it. How are they going to be funny? And, you know, it was a comedy without comedians. And the ideas I have now are as out there as that was back in 1980. I think that what you just said would certainly apply to the Middle East. And I think that here, unlike in Hollywood, where there's a dime a dozen, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone is pitching their next script at the coffee shop to their housekeeper or whatever. Here, you are a gem, a diamond in the rough. I mean, it's like you would have so much potential. Yeah. This is me being selfish. Well, of course. Yes, I... But maybe it's working. Maybe you think about it. Because you're planning to come back here again to yeah, Israel. Yeah, I definitely will come back here again. I want to bring the family. And, yeah. There's know. a whole film festival right now that basically is all your films. How come here in I Jeru- wasn't invited? <laughs> <laughs> you think that they... It's, think it's good to know. Me. Yeah. yeah well, know. you're doing a q and I'm doing a Q&A. Which you're looking forward to. Tonight, should we plug that? Oh, this won't be out. Nah. Yeah. They'll listen to it and be like, oh, I had a million questions. And you missed it. Yeah. And you missed it. Too bad for you. Right. What is your favorite food in Israel? Like as you've been walking along, eating, are uh, you? I had a salad. I'm pretty simple. Had I a salad. Uh, yeah, I had a salad for lunch. It was that was good. That was so sad. Yeah. No falafel, shawarma. No fla- I love falafel and shawarma, but you I. You eat it in America. Did you eat not it here? Very much. I ate it here. I. No, I didn't. I haven't had falafel or. Did I have? I had maybe. A you definitely shawarma. are a spy if you're not I'm eating that stuff. I, but I mainly I can't remember anything. I can't remember what happened yesterday. So <laughs> I can remember what happened 30 years ago more than I can remember, or 50 years ago. I remember. Yeah. Is that part of the training? Uh, it's just part of me. <laughs> this is yeah how I roll. All right. One misconception that you had before coming to the Middle East, that now that you're here, you're like, huh, why did I think that? Oh, I was at the Israel Museum today. And I thought where the Dead Sea Scrolls are kept, I thought that disappeared down into the mountain, (laughs) into the underground, in case there was a war. (laughs) I actually asked that question because I I had heard that. And she said, no, that's just a stupid myth. (laughs) No, she didn't say stupid, but they were very kind to me. Yeah. And, but she didn't know I was a spy, so... Yeah, I obviously. Could, I, if she had I known, use, she would have... Uh, I could use that information, yes. Yeah. And what about Beirut? Was there anything that you sort of hesitated before coming or thought, and once you were there, it was very yeah, different? Yeah, I thought that, you know, I had visions of somebody, uh, you know, like in the movies, they get in front of you and they cut off the car, and then guys leap out of the car with machine guns, and you're either killed or taken prisoner. But yeah. That didn't happen. Nothing that exciting yeah. ever happened. And were you a little bit worried being Jewish? Or no, didn't you? No, it? just human in Beirut. <laughs> just being, being human in Beirut. Yeah, or, or American. If they knew what we were doing, I don't know. But I don't think we're not that big of a threat to anyone, I think. So help me out. We're going to wind down here. It's been such a pleasure. Okay. And you're a busy man. I'm about exhausted. Yes, yeah. go ahead. 
exhausted or you have to do some prep for the next spying. Oh, You're going to go I'll, to Egypt? I will make up something to do. <laughs> You're actually going to a lesbian wedding back in America, right? I am. I'm going to the wedding on Saturday. Yeah. I land on Friday, yeah. Which also sounds like code, but we... I'm going right, yeah. And I go to a lesbian wedding, daughter of a very close friend of mine. Zaltov. And evidently this is okay. This was not okay, you know, 20 years ago or 30 years ago, but... But it's okay. But yeah, the world the is same, changing. It's changing. I have to get used to this. Yeah. Where my hairdresser calls his uh, partner my husband. I got to get used to a man saying, well, my husband is there. It's like, why can't they still use the old terms? Like my partner mm. that would make the old people more comfortable with the whole thing. Interesting. That's yeah. like a whole other topic. Yeah, the terminology. This is, yeah, but we're talking about... <laughs> Middle East. Middle East and films. Can you give me some hope as we look into the future? Because we see North Korea about to attack America's Trump, or Trump's America, rather. Yeah. Mm, Freudian slip. The Middle East is always being, you know, we've got ISIS here. We've got Hamas. We've got Al-Qaeda. Now we have the Atifa, which is the anti-fascist yeah, in no, America. Antifa, it's getting crazier. Crazier. The whole world is getting crazier, yeah. which seems like a script or a lie or a wag the dog, but it's all real. Right. Is there anything you can tell us that's funny or keep our spirits up? Well, oh, long pause. No, kind of. I, when I think of North Korea, I mean, they there's a place there. If they attack us, I mean, they have an address. You know, there's someone to bomb. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's the hope that, okay. that I think that oh my it's that's like mutually assured destruction. So okay, you know, take out one of our cities and we'll turn North Korea into a parking lot. So yeah, it'll be a huge crater, or even go after Guam and something's going to happen. So and that's the hope. That's the hope, yeah, right, that we'll just level them. And Middle East peace, how do we get there? Somebody's got to make a, a big comedy that will make everyone laugh together. Yes. Yes. I'm kind of idealistic about that. They can all be in if the they can scene. all laugh, yeah. You know, the, the really extremists don't have a sense of humor, I think. That's yeah. the trouble. So that's where we've got to go. Yeah, and they're unhappy people. And unhappy people aren't making the world better. It's people who can laugh and are rather, you know, optimistic and happy who make the world better. That is such a great note to uh, finish on. So I'm going to end it there. Thank you so much for, Thank you for letting us do yes. this and for being here and for giving us ideas. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for asking great questions. And I want to thank David again for playing along with me. I don't think he is actually a spy, although wink, wink, we will never know until maybe he's famous or writes a movie about it, produces it, because that's what he's all about. I think it should be here in Israel. I think the Mideast is, as I said before, one of the funniest places. We have constant great material here. It's pretty easy to write the Mideast Beast when you're given such good stuff. And everyone around the world knows that now, right? I mean, the news gets weirder every day. So thank you for that. You have been listening to the Mideast Beast podcast. I want to thank our editor and producer, Scott Kahn. I want to thank David again. And share with us on iTunes what you think of the podcast, what you want to hear next, what you like. Are there games you want to play? Because you know I'm a big fan of those. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, at Mideast Beasties, and of course, online at themideastbeast.com. Share this one with your friends and family, because it feels good to do it. 